Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 482. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy to have you here today. And I'm thrilled to introduce today's guest, Destiny Berman. Destiny is a launch strategist from destinyberman.com. Destiny, I'm so happy to have you here, and I can't wait to have this conversation. Mm, Same here. I'm so happy to be here, and thank you for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. I would love if you would share a better introduction to who you are and how you got to where you are, because you know your story better than anybody else. (laughs) Well, um, you know, just to kind of keep things short and to the point, I've spent the last 19 years as a marketer, 15 of those in Silicon Valley. Um, I've managed marketing campaigns for companies like Twitter and Sephora and all of that. And then four years ago, I had this intuitive breakthrough where I was ready to dive into working with healers and spiritual business owners to help them not only become online educators, but really also to help them use online marketing to get their word out to more people. And I just saw that there was such an underserved market and a misunderstanding of technology and digital marketing in that sense. And that's what I've been focused on since then. Amazing. I mean, we work in very similar spaces, just with very different audiences. So listeners, point number one, we could do the same things. But in my opinion, we don't ever have competitors, right? Yes, I agree with that. (laughs) So I know how much what you do is necessary. Listeners, I forgot to note, positive productivity is not about perfection. You have heard me record with Demolition Derby in the background. I think it's actually episode 121, if you haven't heard that one. But Destiny was blessed with construction outside her office today. So please don't mind the echo if if you recognize it, because the show must go on because I know there are important messages to be heard. So you support spiritual entrepreneurs with their launch. You teach them how to do it the right way. What really called you into, I believe you said into intuition, intuitively were called to do this, but could you point a finger or point to what was really like the aha for you? <laughs> you know, I wish I could just say it was one moment, but the truth is I was spending all these years. I mean, I've been studying Western astrology for 15 years. I've been working with energy workers and healers and my whole team of really intuitive light workers for also the last 15 years. Um, And I myself have a regular practice of yoga and meditation. And so kind of what happened was, even though I was doing very well in Silicon Valley, and it was really amazing to be in that professional environment and to learn from some of the top marketers in the world, I've had this yearning inside and I just felt like, well, I really wanted to be an entrepreneur. And it took me years to really figure out what type of business I did every type of self-assessment test, you know, I was looking at my astrology chart, I was working with astrologers and just really trying to nail down what was for me. And finally, four years ago when I left, I didn't really know what I was heading into, but I knew that I had this background in modern online marketing. I knew that I've always had a deep devotion and passion for the healing arts and through direct experimentation and really just taking the space for myself, that's actually how it occurred and came to me. I just, you know, I wish I I could say it was this one moment and really it was a series of moments that uh, came together and lots of trial and error. I love that. 
Actually, I just have to share that I wish I knew the exact date. And I've called my friend who introduced me to it. The law of attraction is what I'm talking about. I wish I knew the exact date that I was introduced to it. It was actually, mm-hmm. my friend is a chiropractor. And it was the day of our very first appointment. And he introduced me. And that day changed my life. Mm, wow. Because I had no idea that I had such power over my own feelings and my own happiness and everything else that is going on in my life. Mm, and wow. the, the world has just changed since then. And I wasn't, well, I was an entrepreneur. Let me just say I had the very <laughs> wrong business for me at that point. <laughs> really? I, I had an e-commerce shop where at its peak, I was making a quarter a day because I mm. did everything that you could possibly do wrong including mm-hmm. racking up like hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt on credit cards for wow. inventory. Yeah. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. But I also wasn't passionate about what I was selling. Right. I was selling right. scrapbooking supplies and I wasn't even a, a scrapbooker. <laughs> How does that make sense? Right. Yeah. So anyway, I'm still kicking myself in the bum for all that inventory. It's a, a big, massive load of which is still in my basement. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny that you say this, but I've been there. You know, I actually toyed with the idea of launching a digestive product. I was working with a uh, top nutritionist at the time. And then I also toyed with the idea of launching luxury eyelashes. And it's interesting, right? And so I do have remnant inventory. Not, I wasn't in it for that long, really. They were like six-month trials. But it's funny that you say that because it just brought the flashes to my head <laughs> with having eyelashes and probiotics. <laughs> oh, yeah. And actually, now that I think about it, I realized that that wasn't even the entire truth. When my oldest son, who's now 15, was born, I was living outside of New York City. And I I gave Avon a shot, which mm. I purchased all this inventory. I didn't even use him. Or I didn't even use Avon then. I still don't. Like, mm-hmm. but I, for months after, like, I only survived two months, just because most of the apartment buildings were locked. So my only option was to leave stacks of catalogs on the mail, on the mail bench. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them had no solicitation rules. And I wasn't about to get in trouble there, right? <laughs> Personally, at least. And then I started my first eBay business where I was going around to garage sales, which again, there weren't that many of. I was surrounded by apartment buildings, buying used books. And I do believe that when I moved to Ohio three years later, I moved like four boxes of books with me. That I had just, it could have been a lot worse. And at least they were garage <laughs> sale buys and not $100,000, $200,000 of inventory. But wow. When I was in my first few years of this business, I would get ideas. And I was most often inspired by the successes I saw other people having on social media. Mm-hmm. And I would think, oh, I need to put my own spin on that and create something. But I never went out there and looked for market need, market desire. And then I would launch it without even seeding my list about whether or not they wanted it. Mm-hmm. What are some of the, I don't want to say failures, but some of the biggest lessons that you can see that your clients have learned through their experience working with you? So it's interesting that you say this because with many of my students or, or clients, I always have them look at their offline business. So you're right, because many of us were not thinking about, well, is there a need? Is there a desire? However, if you are working one-on-one with people in that offline environment or you're even teaching group classes, whether it be yoga and um, whatnot, that's a really great environment to take a look at what's needed and what people are asking for. Now, on that note, 
in within the healing, within the intuitive arts, one of the biggest things I see is having that message be too high level. Because the work tends to be so esoteric in nature, you're now looking at very ethereal, esoteric languaging, but at the same time, the teachers have this yearning to bring this work out to more of a mainstream crowd, and so there tends to be a disconnect, right? So it's kind of along the lines of what you're saying. It's, you know, instead of really testing and getting concrete and specific with the messaging, it's to appear, and then we're wondering, well, how come no one really understands what this offer is? Oh my gosh, yes. I had a client ask me about two months ago, is Mercury in retrograde? <laughs> okay, I I do follow the law of attraction, but I gotta be totally honest, I don't know what retrograde is. I have been introduced a little bit more. I do have a client that is a spiritual healer, and I've been learning so much, and then every time I learn, it's like, aha, but I actually had to ask, what does this mean? So mm -hmm. I totally get what you're talking about. If I were to launch a course on Infusionsoft and I jumped right into talking about decision notes without mm -hmm. even showing the very elementary basics about how a campaign is built or what it could do for somebody, like I can imagine it wouldn't even sell in the first place. <laughs> exactly, because there's no connection and there's a lack of meeting them where they're at, right? Which is, you know, they don't understand what that is. <laughs> Absolutely. So where do you see, outside of doing market research and knowing if there's even a need, what do you see a, another obstacle being for people who are looking to launch? Well, the second thing that comes to mind is that people tend to overcomplicate things and they tend to go off track. And so what I mean by that is follow one process, follow one plan. It doesn't have to be overly complicated in the beginning for a launch to be successful or for your marketing campaign to be successful. But, you know, we, we get into this a bit of fear and doubt and anxiety, and then we start to try to add things to the plan. Or you see what other people are doing online. You go off track off your own plan to begin with and start doing what they're doing. And so there's this tendency to either add too much and just now you've got this melting pot of different strategies and tactics and also just not wanting to stick the plan all the way through because we're second guessing ourselves along the way. Now, of course, the fear, the doubts that come up in the middle of the launch, that come up in the middle of the campaign, of course, that's to be expected. And that's what I love to tell my clients and my students. And at the same time, let's do our best to stay focused you know, maybe have 20, 30% of changes made, but let's really stay focused and let's really stay true to the process and see it all the way through. Absolutely. Another obstacle I see clients having is the tools. They overcomplicate it with tools too. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. And then they just use the technology as a distraction. Yeah, I promise that. <laughs> like Infusionsoft. Yeah. Okay. I love Infusionsoft, but if you're just starting out, you don't need it. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. I, I've seen so many people. So many of my clients have come on because they bought it because they saw such and such a coach who they followed had it. And they thought, okay, it got them success. So it must get me success, too. No. Like, <laughs> and then they get bad training. So they don't even know how to use it. Like, right. if, if you've got a system that's already working for you, use it. Don't overcomplicate it just because you've got tool envy from, or I would say dollar sign envy. Would that be more accurate? Do you think? <laughs> yes. And just also just getting caught up in 
believing that one thing is the thing, right? Because there's really a couple of key elements coming together when when you are successful online, and um, it's not it's not that one thing. It's not the email system or it's not just that one Facebook ad. It's really the elements getting pulled together. And I think people lose sight of that. How do you help your clients from deviating off course during the middle of a launch? Let me just give an example. Perhaps a Facebook ad isn't converting as well as they would like it to. I see people who want to change things constantly, but I love (laughs) how you already brought up, you know, stay the course. Right. And sorry for not giving you a chance to answer, but I promise mm-hmm. I will come back around to it. I love to encourage my clients just to stick with whatever they're doing. Let's see how it performs and make one change at a time, maybe after four days, because just because it doesn't perform right away immediately, or let's even split test the next time around, because we know that this one didn't work, but you're going to be relaunching in six months. So let's stay the course on this one. this is a tricky one and I'm glad you're bringing up this example especially with ads because that's such a fast moving area and for me it really comes down to an art and a science because on one hand you can't change too many variables otherwise you won't be able to properly test but on the other hand I do deeply believe that our intuition and that type of guidance is also applicable so let's say a client wants to make a big change in the middle part Well, it typically takes a couple of really deep, open conversations and dropping in. And this sounds a little bit woo-woo, but on one hand, we need to identify the two or three things that can get changed. And then on the other side is let's check in with our intuition and our instincts and see, is this really what's going on? Or is it really just coming down to fear of failure or perhaps getting some negative feedback? And then that's putting us in the tailspin. So... For me, what I've seen through all these launches is that it really requires a deep checking in. So I can guide on the strategy, I can guide on the tactics, I can guide on the impact, whether we're changing out the ad or we're adding in a bonus or we're making a big change to the email sequence and driving to calls and whatnot. I can certainly guide on that, but it really is us working together to do that deep check-in to make sure that we're not making these changes and creating chaos out of fear or because it is being very successful and we haven't cleared the inner space to really receive that. And I see that as well. Oh my gosh. Creating chaos. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I, I never really understood until I went through a certification of my own, how just, you know, split testing button colors. Mm hmm. Because just a button color could make a huge difference. Font on an ad could make a big difference. But don't change the color and the font in one because one could make a bigger difference. Exactly. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Change the font and find out which one works better, which one performs better, and then come back and check the button color, see which one performs (laughs) better, just one step at a time. Yes, And, you know, and it's also important to keep in mind exactly what you're saying and that your traffic levels have to be at a certain point to even make the testing worth it. So if you're trying to split hairs and do A-B testing from the very beginning when you're just building an audience, building up traffic and testing lead, you know, it's like, mm, I don't think that's going to be the best use of your time. So then it also comes back to prioritization and discernment and really understanding when you start to go into testing at that level, right? Oh, absolutely. 
I have to share that I was guilty when I started my business of having lead magnets out there. And then the thank you page simply said, thank you. Please check your inbox. Okay. Okay. (laughs) See, I don't think that's so bad in the beginning. Yes. You know, you're not optimizing and utilizing that very precious territory, but in the beginning, it's really about getting the right leads in, you know? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I was so happy to be getting those leads in. So I didn't really think like at that time. And I don't know if that would be something I would tell myself to focus on if I had to go back six years. I would actually probably tell myself, hire somebody. Exactly. Hire support so that you can give yourself the mental space to think about things like that. Exactly. But listeners, if you're trying to find a way to optimize your funnel and you have a thank you page that all it says is thank you, that's a prime opportunity to possibly do a little upsell. You know, do you want the paid version of this where maybe you get a worksheet and you'd be surprised at how many people would actually say yes. Mm. What is an example of a time or place when intuition served awesomely later on in your business, not just at the founding? Well, I, I have to say that I use intuition pretty much every day. I mean, when I'm mapping out marketing funnels and camp and campaigns, or I'm, I'm looking at pricing an offer, like, yes, we have to take the experience and the education of mine, but really I'm using it every day. It's like, Oh, okay. How come I'm not feeling as strong about this pricing? Is it because I am feeling unsure about the offer itself? Is it because something isn't aligned? So I really am using it every single day and I'm using it with my clients and with my students when I am working, when I'm working with them through through their questions and like a live coaching or like a live mentoring session, I'm really feeling into what they're, they're actually asking and not necessarily what they're saying. So sometimes, you know, we're asking about price. But what's really coming up is, do I really believe that this is a valuable offer? And can I really stand behind this offer that I'm now about to put out in front of more people? Does that answer your question? You just blew my mind. I never really (laughs) thought about the fact that intuition is coming in every day. Like I was thinking more like, and I, this is going to come out wrong, but it's not how I mean it. Like I was thinking about more profound moments, like in my business, I had coaches who were telling me to follow the income path. Mm. But when I started following the impact path and disregarded what they wanted me to do for what my heart was telling me to do, that's when the business started blowing up. Yes, exactly. And I can say that with my business, with my client's business, that's exactly it. To put an offer out just because it makes sense as a downsell when you can't feel it, just simply the vibrations and the energetics of the launch, it doesn't need it and it doesn't work. I mean, I've seen this time and time again. It does not matter if you've built up all the leads. It doesn't matter if you have all the right emails in place and you believe that the messaging is clear. And so one of the things that I teach is how important the energetics of the vibration of the launch is just as important as the copy and the tactics and the number of emails that go out. So yes, I mean, I couldn't have said it better. Thank you for saying that. Prospective clients and customers can totally feel when the product that you put out is in scarcity mode. That's right. I never, it took me way too long to figure that out. (laughs) Like I'm struggling to pay my house payment. This is a couple years back. So I decided that I'm going to launch this three day event that I had no place launching. Mm. It got exactly zero sales. Mm. And at the time I was devastated, but I was looking at it from purely income. Mm-hmm. Right. But so could everybody else. They could see it. I mean, right. 
I hate to say it, people, but people can feel your scarcity mode. That's right. That's exactly right. What is one of the projects or programs that you've been most passionate about in your business? For me, I birthed my own marketing and launch training earlier this year. It's called Launcher Calling. And it's it's my baby. You know, I'm, I'm so proud of all the different programs I've helped my clients launch. I mean, we launch astrology schools and priestess mystery schools and all different types of yoga and oracle cards and really like the whole series of things. But I birthed Launcher Calling earlier this year. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm just so in love with it. It's really designed to help healers online educators and to really launch our courses and trainings. We do it in a way that is deeply rooted in nurturing. Um, yes, we have all the campaign strategy and the marketing best practices, but it's really around nurturing and high value and generosity and really how do we increase the vibration of a launch. And so, you know, it's hard for me to pick any other program outside of my own <laughs> as much as I love all the different uh, pieces that I've been a part of and been so fortunate to be a part of. That is such an amazing name. I mean, it cuts right to the point. Oh, thank you. Thank you for saying that. I, I was just really wrestling with that name and going back and forth. And then when we got to launch our calling, I was like, this is it. <laughs> but now um, I'm working on a, on a new program and coming up with a name that matches the vibration of this name. It's, it's pretty challenging, I have to say, because <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> okay, forgive me for putting this plug in here. And I'm not an affiliate or anything, but I have to share. I have actually been going through a rebranding for my business. Mm. It's been Sutton Strategic Solutions for three years. But mm. I realized that the name just wasn't serving me or clients mm. anymore. So it's taking on, I'm going through all the rebranding and the filing for a new EIN number and all of that to change it to also be positive productivity. Mm. And one of my clients and friends, her name is Sharon Lynn Wyeth. She's a namologist. She can look at a name or names and tell you what the names mean and if they're good or bad. And I didn't tell her what I was thinking about doing. I just asked her to tell me what she thought about certain strategic solutions versus positive productivity. (laughs) And it's hilarious what she told me. She said, well, certain strategic solutions, you're going to get a lot of stubborn people who are in scarcity mindset and they're desperate and they, they're very impatient because they just want their next money to come in. Positive productivity, she says, you're very, or it's very giving. People know that you're going to give a lot, mm-hmm. but they also know that they need to expect to pay for it. And she didn't know that I was considering rebranding. And I just started laughing. It's like, yeah. now I'm not saying that all of my clients in Set and Strategic, by far, I mean, Definitely not all of them have been stubborn, but let me tell you, I've had a few, more than a few. (laughs) Wow. I love that. Maybe I should give her a call too. (laughs) Oh, I'd be happy to hook you all, you up and listeners actually. And I got to just, the funniest thing too is I gave her, okay, full disclosure. I hope that (laughs) neither him or his new wife listened, but I gave her the name of my, my ex-husband without telling her who the name belonged to. I just said, what does this name mean to you? Mm-hmm. And she said, control freak will never allow you to have your own thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I said, you don't even know who you're talking about. She's like, why did I just insult you? And I was like, no, that's my ex-husband. And you just pinned him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 
Yeah, so, I'd be happy to introduce you. But she, it's it's just I didn't even know that that was out there. But she just looks at the letters and figures it out. And naming is just so important, though. And I've gone through that struggle in my business too. Like I, I'm like. I thought I was going to do a group coaching program for a while. And I don't even like the name group coaching just for me personally, because I talk too much. It's mm-hmm. like, I can't really explain it any more than that. I feel like I talk too much. Coaching is just not the right word. Anyway, so I called it Positive Productivity Pod. And every time I talk to somebody, they're like, what's pod? And I never had a good answer. Like, I couldn't, that, your launch, your calling, like, there's no doubt what that is. But so mm-hmm. many people get so stuck on coming up with, like, catchy, but doesn't necessarily resonate with what they're actually selling. So then there's a big question mark. You know what I mean? Like, what what am I actually getting here? That's right. No, I totally get that. Although I have to say, I really like the name pod. I think pod is great. It makes me think of lab, (laughs) like a working lab. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's that's on a back burner right now because I have chronic idea disorder and I realize I need to get some other stuff finished before Mm -hmm. I start one more thing. Oh. That, yes, that was an intentional sigh, but it was also, it, it caught itself. <laughs> what type of team or support do you have in your business so that you can make time for self-care? Because I'm sure like if and when you're dealing with one-on-one clients, self-care can be rare, especially in the middle of a launch. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and it does get pretty intense. So I have project managers that support me and I've personally trained and put everyone through our own systems and operations. Um, I also have my own assistant who helps me with all the admin scheduling, just one-off projects. Of course, I work with a lot of vendors in terms of Facebook ads management and folks who, you know, help me get, get some press and get on podcasts and things like that. And then I have program managers for my school, um, who also support me with rolling out my new offers and making sure that we have a happy community of students. So even though a lot of the content is from a self-study perspective, we have Facebook communities and whatnot, and I just really love to to take care of my people. So um, we have our community and program managers. And you're right, and that self-care is so, so important. And it really took me a long time to let go of control. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) <laughs> and just to be willing to train my team in this way and for all of us to follow the same systems, the processes, and, you know, we all know what exactly we need to do and when and how we're rolling things out. And when we don't, we fine tune and, you know, redefine and reestablish again. I have to revise what I said about going back and telling my earlier self to hire support. <laughs> I am about two thirds of the way through my first reading of the e Have you read that? I have not. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Okay. It only came up in like a hundred podcast episodes before I actually picked up the book. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I but I would probably go back and hit myself in the head with the book and tell myself to read it because it talks about that. How we're, how we're the technician in our business instead of being the manager or the entrepreneur, which Michael Garber affiliates with the idea generator, because mm. when I'm the technician too much, the ideas dry out. That's exactly right. That's right. Exactly. And just like creativity dries out. And it's like, how can we really be in the flow and be visioning? So yes. Okay. Well, I'm making a note to pick up that book. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm not giving away anything. I just want you to know, like, this is like, oh, I can't stand people who give spoilers, especially when it's Game of Thrones. I will unfriend you or unfollow you right away if you put a Game of Thrones spoiler in before I can watch an episode. (laughs) But you know, listeners, just don't do that. But without being a spoiler, he's he uses a 
a fictional example throughout the whole book. And it's a woman named Sarah who owns a bakery. And she's just exhausted because she's the one who opens the shop and does all the baking and cleans the shop. And it's just a never-ending cycle of having to be at the shop at 3 a.m. And by the time she gets home, it's midnight. I'm Mm. sure none of the listeners know what that feels like. (laughs) (laughs) And I totally do, too. So, yeah, I would go back and, and do that. What are some of the systems, if you don't mind me asking, that keep your business going and flowing? Yeah, so we're very clear on all the different launch checklists and what needs to happen when. Everything gets plugged into Asana. We use Slack for communication, and I have very specific Slack channels for uh, proofing assets and copy as an example. One for tasks where I'm giving my key project manager specific tasks only within that channel so she can plug that into Asana. And essentially, for example, if I'm launching a webinar or a client is launching a webinar, we've got to set a webinar tasks both on the promotion side and the setup side that it then gets plugged into Asana with all the reminders. We bake in turnaround times and all the in-between steps so that things so we're not in that last minute scramble. So that's one example. Um, and I do have my team follow it pretty rigorously. <laughs> that is awesome. So my team has been through Asana, then we moved to Trello and we finally found and are in love with teamwork. Mm, I like teamwork a lot. Yeah, I'd never really had spent, it had been six years since I had really spent time in there, but I now have a team of seven and we just really needed a better way to communicate because what I realized was that when I was keeping Skype on all the time, and maybe you've seen this yourself, is that clients would see that I was on and would come in, hey, Kim, are you there? And I felt myself compelled to say, (laughs) yeah, what do you need? And, you know, it's like 10 o'clock at night and I get two wins during my day. First thing in the morning, I'm really excited to work on my stuff. And then after my kids go to bed at about 8.30, my little ones, not my big ones, then I get my second wind. And I know that's not necessarily good. But when the clients see me on at 10 o'clock, it's like, oh, (laughs) I don't see you, but you see that my light is green. So you know I saw your message come in. So I've started just coming in for podcasts and having teamwork chat so that if my team absolutely needs me, it's amazing. And Slack is awesome, but I just never really... Okay, full disclosure, <laughs> I had a client who just drove me crazy in Slack, and I learned to just resent that sound that it makes when you get messages, which I realized I could change. <laughs> but I was like, nope, I don't... Yeah, and then one of my team members and I both came... We met working for that client, so we're like, nope, we're not using it. But now we have feel-good communication, you know? And I think that's really necessary. <laughs> I agree. And definitely, it's just like any other medium. It needs to get managed. And yes, if you're getting people like, you know, left and right, then it's also hard to focus. And at the same time, you know, I I think that with enough with enough adoption and really following the processes, it can work, but it can absolutely be crazy at the same time. I get it. <laughs> absolutely. What are you most excited about in the next 90 days, Destiny? Oh my goodness. What am I most excited about? Well, I'm getting ready for a big re, a big public relaunch of Launcher Calling because we had launched earlier in the year and I've been doing webinar funnels in the meantime. We're heading into a big public launch for the fall. My client launches, we've got a big, a couple of big launches coming up. We just started one right now. And so I feel like the fall is just a really rich period where there's lots of birthing, lots of expansion, lots of launching. 
So that's all really, really exciting. Um, and then before we know it, we're going to be in holiday season. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> okay, this episode is going out for the first time. And I know listeners, you could be listening way in the future. But this episode is going out mid-September of 2018. If you haven't already thought about your Black Friday or Christmas specials, do it now or wait till next year. <laughs> please, for the sake of your launch manager, do it now or wait till next year. Actually, just wait till next year, please. <laughs> yeah. What is your guilty pleasure? Guilty pleasure. You are going to laugh and I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but... I don't watch a lot of TV uh, movies or shows, but I like to have the Hallmark Channel kind of humming in the background sometimes with all the the cheesy romance <laughs> movies. <laughs> really? Yes, I do. Oh, my husband laughs because I mean I don't spend that much time in front of the TV, but when I do, I just like to have it rolling and it has all the friendly romances with the happy endings, and I just yes, it, it just has me feel good. <laughs> That's amazing. Actually, the client who taught me about retrograde also does the same thing. Always oh. has the Hallmark station on in the background. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. What book have you most recently read or are you reading now? So I <laughs> I like to read several books at once. Um, right now, I am I'm just starting a, a astrology book from Alan Oaken, The Soul of Astrology. I'm not sure I have that name completely right. That's just starting. I'm also rereading uh, Marion Williamson's book on the law of divine compensation. Um, so I'm kind of bouncing back and forth between those two books at the moment. Um, and I love them. <laughs> I have had Marianne Williamson's book on my list for a while. And I do mm -hmm. the same thing, though. I read multiple books at the same time. Yes, yes, exactly. So, so I've finally gotten it down to two at a time. Yes. Whereas previously I was like... I had a lot more than two. Let me just put it that oh, way. Oh, wow. You're kidding. <laughs> yeah. But for me, it's uh, the E-Myth. Again, awesome. And then Perry Marshall's 80-20 Sales and Marketing, which has just been so educational. Actually, he was on the podcast episode 450. And as a result of just talking to him on the podcast, I realized I actually needed to let two clients go because they were taking up 95% of the time and making up for less than 5% of the income. Right. So right. we don't need that. Yes, agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> what is your preferred social media platform? Right now, I've been making more of a focus um, with Instagram, and I really haven't been on, on Instagram for that long since I've been more of a behind-the-scenes launch manager up until earlier this year. So Instagram is great. I love how visual it is. I like how clean it is. I'm on Facebook as well, and of course, we have a lot of Facebook advertising going on, but Instagram is what I use for my hobbies. I love interior design. It's what I also use to communicate with clients or just folks who are reaching out to me who are interested in the program. And so it feels good. It's really clean. It's very pretty. <laughs> I was an interior designer as my initial career, but oh. you would never know by looking at my house. <laughs> I love space design. Really, just really beautiful, really thoughtful, put together. It's just one of my, it's probably another one of my guilty Guilty pleasures. <laughs> you know, this discussion with you has made me realize just how much in the spiritual side I actually am because I was thinking that I wasn't so much, but we just bought our house in the last two months as of the date of this recording. We've lived here for four years though, but one of the first things that we did was paint the front door so it was in line with feng shui. Well, there you go. Feng shui. Feng shui. <laughs> yes. I, I can never say it right. 
It was, it's a west facing door and it was green, but west facing is metal. Mm. So it's now gray. And every time I pull into the driveway now, I just love it. Wow. I, I never like the green. <laughs> I can certainly appreciate why and how you did that. That's beautiful. I love that. And I love gray doors. <laughs> I, I had never thought about it, but just the power of podcasting, just every single conversation has something in it that's meant for me and you've already had it here. So I am really excited about the relaunch. If And I'm just going to put this out there. If there's anything that me, me, I don't know if that's proper grammar, I or the listeners can do to support you with that relaunch. Just please let us know. But where can listeners find you online, connect and get to know more about you? I know you said Instagram. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>, so <laughs> Instagram is great, especially if you want to send me a quick message. That's a Des Berman, D-E-S-B-E-R-M-A-N. And then of course, just at my website, I've got all kinds of great offers, including my free class on there as well. And that's just DestinyBerman.com. Fabulous. Listeners, if you're driving, working out, you can find the links at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP482. Destiny, I just want to thank you so much for coming on today. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been great. I love our conversation and, and I love all the different directions it went. So thank you for having me. <laughs> I cannot control my mind no matter how hard I try and I have enjoyed it as well. Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners? You know, for me, I'm going to bring it back to the intuition and how much of that is so valuable. Um, and sometimes what I see is that people disregard their intuitive sense or what they know to be true in place of a marketing best practice, especially if it came from this amazing guru and like whatnot. And I have to say that um, time and time again, what you know as your deep sense of knowing will always trump the best practice of the color of a button or even placing, um, you know, where you place a call to action. So to really please not disregard that and to use that more and more in your marketing campaigns and really for your business success. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Positive Productivity Podcast. When I'm not podcasting, I'm supporting six to seven figure business coaches with their marketing automation and entrepreneurs like you through my coaching and mastermind programs. I want to invite you to visit thekimsutton.com to learn how I can help you take your business to the next level.